Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to the Couples Corner. We're Stephen and Carrie, a husband and wife, and this is our little section of the internet where we get to talk about all the things that interest us and hope that you like to listen. I'm Carrie. I'm Stephen. All right, so I'm going to start this one off. <gasps> Shock. We're going to talk about the Warrens. <gasps> and if you don't know anything about Ed and Lorraine, they are the most famous ghost hunter pair, at least here in America. Maybe the whole world, I don't know, but... For here in America, yes. They've been into the paranormal pretty much their whole lives. Ed used to see as a child his closet door would open and close. An old lady would stick her head out and smile at him. Lorraine saw auras when she was nine years old, but she was told not to talk about it by the nuns at her school, which is kind of sad. So she grew up, you know, we don't talk about it. It's just something... Isn't it so good we've grown out of that and no one now does that at all? What really sold Ed on the paranormal was when he survived a naval attack while fighting in World War II. He claimed it was an angel that saved him. As they do. Well, he said he saw, like, an opening in the flames, and it was just enough for him and his buddy to get through. Oh, yeah, you gotta have the opening. And he married Lorraine on his survivor's leave. Mm -hmm. Because they met before, backtracking a bit, they actually met at a movie theater. He was an usher. She went to see a movie, and he was just like, gotta have her. So they were pretty much always together, and they got married as soon as he came off his survivor leave, and she got pregnant that their honeymoon. So well, he made it count. Very fun honeymoon, I guess. They named their daughter Judy. Judy. After Ed returned from the war, he'd sell his paintings, and that's how they started to get their foot in the door. Mm -hmm. He would paint like haunted houses, and Lorraine would go up and like sell the paintings to people, and that was how they got their in into these houses, and that's how it really all kicked off for them. They also founded the New England Society for Psychic Research in 1952. It is the oldest ghost hunting group in New England, and they loved New England. There's, oh, I love New England, too. You've never been there. No, but I, I, I love pictures. <laughs> but, because they even have a whole book just devoted to, like, a, the cemetery, the Union Cemetery. Mm -hmm. But it is the oldest ghost hunting group in New England, they have claimed to have taken part in over 10,000 cases during their lives. But here is one of my personal favorites, Amityville. Oh, we're going with a classic. What I do think is kind of interesting about Amityville is because of all the movies, not a lot of people know, I mean, unless you're really into the Warrens, know that they were actually involved in Amityville because the movies mm -hmm. don't ever have Yeah, they're, 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 um, I read that they're not included in the book or the movie. Yeah, so. I'm in the middle of the book. And so far, they haven't come in, but... I guess they didn't like them. I don't know. But on November 13th, 1974, Ronald DeFeo Jr., or Butch, murdered his entire family. His two little brothers, two sisters, mother, and father. They were all found face down in their beds. The parents had been shot twice, and the siblings only once. I did look and see there is some physical evidence that suggests the mother and Allison were both awake at the time of their death. Butch had shot them Which, all. Which, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause you here for a second, because this is something I've always wondered, and I've seen a lot of people complain about it, too. It may, uh, maybe you'll cover it in yours, but how did all these people not hear a fucking gunshot from a shotgun? It's a rifle. But it was a loud a rifle. rifle, yeah. Yeah. Point .35 yeah, caliber. Yeah, .35 caliber. Yeah. That's a, that's a, you know, that's a good, you would hear that. Especially if two of them were awake. How is it possible that none of them screamed or tried to get... Signal to the others. That's one problem I've always had with that murder. I mean, I know what happened, but like I've always wondered that. Why 
How did no one in that house hear it? We live in a modern house, and I can hear our neighbors taking a piss. But the walls are so goddamn thin. How do people back then, I don't know, maybe walls were thicker back then, but how did no one in that house hear a gunshot go off? Five or six, because it was his parents, which is two, and then were there, how many siblings were there? Was two like, little sisters and two little brothers. So so six times he shot mm-hmm. that, that damn gun. How did that not wake no, anyone no, up? No, not six. Remember, each of the parents. Oh, yeah, yeah, he shot the parents twice, eight. so yeah. So eight shots. Yeah. If a mouse pisses on a cotton ball, I wake up. How in the fuck did these people not hear that gun? Well, because either it was on a documentary or an article I read. Someone said that this kind of gun could be heard for at least a few blocks away. Yeah. So, so like, how did no, but that no also drugs makes, in any other system? But that also makes me wonder how, uh, why none of the neighbors Again, called. if I'm not mistaken, do not quote me here, I think one of the neighbors came out and said they didn't. none of them heard any of it either. Mm-hmm. I think. So I'm not going to lie, that is a little strange. That is a little strange. It really is, and it's, again, there's no drugs in any other yeah. system. Because it's it's not, because this part, we're not even talking about the actual haunting yet. This part, you know, it, it did happen. They have the bodies, like, it. he confessed. Like, I mean, it happened. Yeah. But that is one thing I've always wondered about. It doesn't make any sense to me as to how all these neighbors and all, because every time you see the Amityville house in a movie, it's always way off on all these lush grounds by itself. The real fucking house is, like, three feet from other houses. Yeah, like, but it does it, sit on the lake. Yeah, but it's still got neighboring houses that yeah. are really close. So how did none of these people hear this? Anyway, that's my delight. I just that's just something I've always. Well, wanted. there's also there's many theories as to why he did it. Some claim that his eldest sister was awake and they were in on it together, but then she tried to shoot him, and so Butch at the end turned the gun on her. There's yeah, you see, that's the thing where where he's the only survivor from that night. All we had to go by is what he tells us and yeah. like whatever evidence. There and then was. he's also claimed um, he saw a ghost. Yeah, I remember that was and... his excuse for the longest time. I personally think, I don't know if that really happened or if he was just trying to get out on it. He was a heavy alcoholic and drug addict. Yeah, I know he took like LSD and all that. Yeah, he took drug addict and So, I I don't know. That's that's the problem with this kind of stuff is where he's the only one. We only have whatever he says to go by. Yeah, and he tried to get away with it for a while. He would talk to the, he told the police that uh, he thought it was connections to the mafia. But then the mafia guy he blamed had an alibi. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's another reason, you know, he's full of shit. Is his story has changed. Every, the very first time, it was, you know, oh, the mafia broke into our house and did this, and I didn't know. And then, oh, no, I was possessed by a demon. And I think he was just a crazy, because him and his uh, family fought all the time. Yeah. So I think he was just a, a crazy, weird dude that, you know, got too high one night, maybe, and just couldn't take it anymore and just decided to kill his family and just didn't have the balls to take responsibility. Ah, Could anyway. be. Go go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just... No, no, no. You're making a point. Uh, he finally did confess after a very long runaround. Yeah. But it, before then, he did ask them how to get his father's life insurance and that did kind of set the police off. Like, well, shouldn't you care that your family was murdered and not about his yeah, life see, insurance? Yeah, see that right there lets me know that it's all bullshit. That his first concern was like, yeah, my family's dead. I'm so sad. How do I get their life insurance policy? Like that right there. Anytime that happens, that is a huge red flag. Oh, yeah. Whenever someone's first concern Concern is my family's been murdered. What do I do? How do I get my money? That's, oh yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that's a red flag. Finally, he was convicted of second degree murder. I think it was like six consecutive life mm-hmm. sentences. But in November of 1975, which is the same year the Lux family moved into the Amityville house, they moved in December of 1975. Bum, and he was bum, convicted in bum. November, so he was literally convicted a month before they moved in. 
I thought it was kind of interesting. They even kept the same furniture that the DeFeos had been murdered on. Because I read it was oh, an only extra four hundred dollars. Why would you? Why would you want? Apparently, they even knew about it. They they're like, yeah, we can still live in this house. It's a great price because you know. Well, because then it brought the price down a whole lot. Oh yeah, it was like eighty thousand. Yeah, and, and that's which was what good was it, like for, how many bedrooms was it? I forget like now. Six or six. it was huge. Yeah, like really, it was, it was huge. And I mean, the thing is, even in seventies money, uh, in for a New England house of that size on the lake the nice with a boating house and all that stuff like that you know that should have been old well over a hundred thousand dollars at the time so again i read somewhere and again this this could be wrong so take this with a grain of salt it was four hundred thousand dollars in today's money or something like that. yeah yeah that sounds more right because nowadays in just a semi-good area it's nothing to pay almost a quarter of a million for like a three bedroom house or a four bedroom house. Oh yeah, because out here where so, we live, things are expensive. Yeah, like a hundred and I don't I don't know like a, what, a three bedroom house in just a kind of decent neighborhood can be between like, like yeah, yeah upwards of two hundred thousand. So yeah. I mean, uh, they even had the house blessed when a friend suggested it because again they were like no we're we're okay we're good and the friends like you really should get this blessed. People I forget what he was. He wasn't very religious, but she was a non-practicing Catholic. And so she told him all what that entailed, and so they decided to do it. But even after the house was blessed, they yeah. fled only 28 days. Mm-hmm. So, like, basically right after Christmas, I guess, they just booked it out of the house. Mm-hmm. They left everything behind when they ran. It was actually documented by the Warrens. It's kind of sad. You saw pictures of, like, last night's dinner dishes. Mm-hmm. Like, they're waiting for someone to come back. Yeah. It was, it was just weird. They were so scared, they couldn't even take an extra few minutes to pack. Could you imagine? That had to be terrifying. It's like, nope, just leave your clothes. We're just going right now. It's too scary. Mm -hmm. Now, how Ed and Lorraine got involved with Amityville was when Marvin Scott, he was a guy they'd worked with before in New Jersey. He was like a TV anchor for a local station, I believe. He called and asked them to check out the place. So they show up. Again, he told them nothing, supposedly. He told them nothing about what was going on in the house. So they show up with their camera crew and everything, but hit a roadblock right off the bat because George Lutz didn't show up at the house. He said he'd not get within four blocks, so they had to meet him elsewhere to snag the key. Once they returned to the house, it was time to go inside. Lorraine brought a holy relic with her because she was nervous, I guess because she had like a feeling that this was going to be really bad. So she brought a really holy relic that people had blessed. It shattered. Freaking shattered. She said she felt a horrid depression. It was like a feeling of a strong force on her chest, like a waterfall just like rushing and beating her down. The more she explored the house, she's actually quoted as being said that she hopes this is the closest to hell she ever got. So that, at least the vibe in the house was terrible. Which right there, I, if you couldn't tell already, I'm, I'm the skeptic and she's the believer. But right there, I'm going to bet money that did not happen. Because anytime uh, people don't don't talk like that, people don't talk that cool. So anytime these people have these great quotes like that, that didn't happen. They made that shit up later. Anyway, it's just my thing. Keep going. Ed went down into the basement because you know he said it's the darkest place. It's the furthest from hell. Oh yeah, shit's always hell. Yeah, shit's always bad in the basement. And he called out to the supernatural force there. As you do. Yeah. Yeah, it had no problem showing itself to him. He said he also felt a strong force, but it was like he was being pushed down to the ground by his shoulders. And he actually got on the ground. It pushed him so hard. But finally, he did some Catholic mumbo-jumbo. As you do. 
and it got he got free and he got away from the supernatural force. Yeah, the Catholic moment mumbo jumbo always works. Well, again, I'm a believer. I'm kind of odd at this. Like I do believe in this stuff, but not in the way other people do. I guess that's a topic for something else. I'm not Catholic. Okay, all right. So two weeks later, the Warrens and a bunch of other people returned to the house to hold a seance because. Life has not taught you Just when the, shit's bad, hold a seance. Yeah. Okay, right. Leave, leave the seances and the Ouija boards alone, people. Yeah, I don't know why they think if you reach out to these entities and demons and ghosts, even in a seance, that's still technically inviting them to come play with you. That's really dumb. Mm -hmm. Just my opinion. They conclude the house needs to be cleansed as the history has allowed evil spirits to settle, but the house never got cleansed. Others who've lived in the house haven't reported anything paranormal at all. So it makes you wonder. Like, the house never got cleansed. Mm -hmm. The Warrens, and there was other yeah, that's something, psychic people. Yeah, that's something when we get to my case that is, is similar. And it does bring up the question as, do if spirits and hauntings and ghosts and all that are real, do they just target specific people? Because, personally, I do think it's a little strange that supposedly an entire family of, you know, four, five, six, or whatever people allegedly have all the this paranormal activity and leave or, or whatever, and then other people move in and live there for 30 years and have never had a single bump in, in the middle of the night or anything. So it, it does lead you to believe, is it real? And if it is real, is it something that only specific people with a certain energy or a certain aura or a certain ability to see energies and auras, like, it, it, it makes you wonder. I have heard many different sources say that they'll attack weaker people mm -hmm. because it's easier to get to them, I guess. I mean, obviously, if you're, you know, more spiritually broken down or you're stressed out your ass, like, obviously, your mental shields are lower. So I guess maybe, they, I know they go after those kind of people, and they probably do go after people who can see them because they're like, hey, you can see us. Let's fucking torture you. It does make you wonder. Maybe they're like mosquitoes because mosquitoes are attracted more to certain kinds of people with certain kinds of blood. Mm -hmm. So maybe ghosts are like mosquitoes. It's possible. But this is also in Amityville when they got that famous ghost photo, mm -hmm. which we'll have on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. Otherwise, I... Suggest you go Google it, because a lot of people, it's a huge controversy. Some people are like, oh, wow, this is really good, and others are like, this looks way too real. Yeah, because I've seen the picture you're talking about. When I edit this, I'll put it in over this part. But I, to me, it, the, if it's a ghost, I, I don't know, I just don't buy it. Um, it looks exactly like just a normal kid just peeking around the corner. And I, their eyes don't even look, they, they look kind of different, but if you really look and you're, and you know how cameras and camera flashes worked back then and stuff, it looks like a kid peeking around the corner and the flash just went off, and so it left the kind of orb in their eyes during the thing, because yeah, it just looks way too solid. If you look at other alleged ghost, quote unquote, pictures... They're always balls of light or shadows or uh, faint really aura. Or, yeah, there, there's something which, again, if there were ghosts and things that could be picked up, I think that's more what it would be. It is not a solid manifestation, but a light, a, a, something like that. 
for it to be this perfectly defined person, I, I just don't buy it. It looks like one of the kids in the house was just like, oh, what, something going on out there? And then they got their picture taken. That, so I personally, I don't buy it. I think it's fake. Now, of course, the Warrens do claim, and everyone else, that there were no kids in the house at this time. Obviously, because even if it was fake, they're not going to come out and be like, yeah, we lied. It was fake. Well, yeah, I can claim I'm Pamela Anderson, but, you know. You don't have the tits. Yeah, but still, I'm just saying, you can say anything. Like I will say, though, that the picture does, if it is real, it looks really cool. Would have been about the right age for the DeFeo, one of the DeFeo boys. But again, you're the skeptic. Even if I'm lean more towards believing it, I could probably provide you with undeniable, refutable evidence, and you'll be like, nope, don't believe it. Well, I it, it just takes more than a picture or someone saying I saw this to convince me. Because even back then, yeah, they didn't have Photoshop and stuff, but there was double negatives, there were exposure rates. There were ways to fake photos back then. There have been several photos that were believed to have been real for years that have been, uh, now that we have better technology, that have been scrutinized and they've said, oh, this was fake. This has been double exposed. This has been this, this has been that. And again... All it takes is for some kid to have come in, in there. Could have been one of their kids. Could have been they could have paid the kid. It could have been just an accident. Like who, who knows? But all it takes is just a kid to peek his head around the corner and get his picture taken, and there you go. Just having a picture of something. Now, if I was there and saw it peek around the corner, then and run in there and it's just gone or something, and there was no kid on thing. Then yeah, I believe something like that because. Again, unless they climbed out the window or something, where the hell would they go? You know, but just having a picture and saying, oh, hey, this happened. Like, they just, because there are people that know they can exploit naive people. And they know that if they show, hey, look at this picture of the Loch Ness Monster. Look at this picture of Bigfoot. They know that they'll get interest. They know they'll get money. They know they'll get. So you're the type that will only believe if you see with your own eyes. Basically, is what you're telling me. Basically. Live with your own eyes. Not a picture someone took or a video you want to see with your own eyes. Yeah, because it's too easy to fake the other stuff. And there are too many people that like exploiting people for whatever the reason. Whether it's money or fame or just for shits and giggles. People do that. It's like there was a video that went around a long time ago. Well, not a long time ago, a few years ago. Of this alleged fallen angel that uh, was in the middle of the woods and it had like its angel, its uh, wings ripped off and it turned around and faced the camera and it had this really creepy looking face and it looked super legit. Like it looked creepy, it looked terrifying, it looked like something that was real. And then finally, a couple years later, it came out, it was all an ad for some, I don't remember what it was, but some company that had nothing to do, it was like cologne or something stupid. And they even, the guy put up pictures he put he did like a thing with the actor. They showed behind the scenes photos of them putting the makeup on him and the, the wing remnants and stuff. And it showed them taking a picture of him and all that stuff. So something can look good and believable and can be fake for whatever reason. Especially with today's technology. Yeah. And I mean it was harder back then, it required more elbow grease, but you still could fake and again by that one being so solid, that's the one that's the reason I don't believe it is because it wouldn't even require much faking. It's literally get a child, have them peek around the corner, take a picture, there you go. Like, if the, again, if the kid had been, like, ghostly looking, if he had been, like, see-through or transparent or had some kind of aura around him or something, then I might be more inclined to be, to be like, if that is a fake, how did they do that? 
This one is literally just a kid peeking around the corner with what looks like flash bulbs going off in his eyes. Like, that's it. It's like the way, you know how on modern cameras there for a while, like old Polaroid cameras, you would take your picture and they would leave that, like, red ring in your eye? Yeah. It's basically the same thing on old black and white photos. It would leave that kind of flash orb in your eye sometimes. I do know, though, that however much energy a ghost has to work with, is how much they can manifest themselves. But also, I would think if if the if the freaking kid was could manifest himself that well, how did no one else see it when they were taking the picture? If you can manifest yourself that well, I can't see it just showing up only on a camera. If you can, well, man, if you can look that solid. They had the camera rigged, and it was taken during a time when no one was there. They said again, I'm just like they said. And see that kind of stuff's convenient. So I, no I love how it. ghosts. Only do shit when no one's around. Well, maybe so, they're all introverts, like you, and don't want to be bothered. Maybe, but uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie. That's a big. That's one skepticism I've always had. Is what if these ghosts will haunt a whole family? Why do they suddenly get shy when a couple of cameras come in? If they if they're so powerful, they can rip people. They can throw people across the room and rip shit off the walls and 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 destroy a whole house and and all this shit. And they're so ungodly fucking powerful. How come when one douchebag with a camera comes in, they just clam the fuck up? Like, I'm sorry, I, I don't buy that. If you're this ungodly being that can transcend death and be tied to this world somehow, and you can haunt people and do all this stuff, but because they set a camera up in the hallway, now you're Mr. Shy. Like, I don't buy that. Also, I do think a little bit it comes down to whether or not you're religious because I have noticed... I do know more people that are religious do tend to believe this kind of stuff. Yes. And where you're not, mm-hmm. I wonder if that affects your viewpoint. It could be. And the thing is, honestly, if someday if I ever experience something... I, I'm not like a... I'm not a hard skeptic in the sense that I'm not willing to change my opinion. Like, if I ever experienced something that would, would make me believe that, then... Um, I would gladly come out and say, hey, I was wrong. I went to this house. I saw a ghost. I heard this. I heard that or, or whatever. But I, and which comes back to my thing of if there are ghosts in the way people say, then it, they must only go after very specific people or it must be some kind of gift that literally only a few people can see. Because not just this country, but every country where there have been thousands of years of war and and people always say, oh, well, it's because the ghosts didn't get a smooth transition in the afterlife. That's why they're stuck here. Okay, well, back in the old days when, you know, 12-year-olds were fucking sent off to war and died bloody battles and stuff, you cannot tell me all those people got a happy, peaceful journey to the afterlife. Not so to mention were, all the Native Americans yeah, that were slaughtered. all the people that have been slaughtered in every country you can think of in these gruesome battles. Um, yeah, they didn't transition you nicely. You can't tell me that all those people had peaceful deaths and transitioned over. So there would be go. You, it would be like fucking ladybugs. Like there would be ghosts everywhere if that was the case. If all it took was, oh, this this person didn't get a, a good transition to the afterlife. That's why they're stuck here. They had unresolved. That's another one I hate. Oh, this ghost had unresolved issues or whatever, and that's why they can't go on. Again, how many people die with unresolved issues? People die in car wrecks. People are murdered. People like people die of disease that comes on suddenly. You cannot tell me all those people worked everything out before they died. So no, if no that's way. the case, then there would be ghosts everywhere. You would be you would be cutting your grass and you'd be like bumping into ghosts everywhere. So like it just I, I don't I I, just, I don't buy it. If I can see something, then uh, I'll I'll believe it. But I just don't. So then, do you believe Ed and Lorraine made it all up? 
I'm not going to lie. Uh, I'll touch more into this when we get to my case. Um, I think they were a little bit exploitive. I'm not going to lie. I think people have gotten a little bit blindsided by the Conjuring movies, which we'll talk about soon. Oh, um, they're so well played by the actors, and they're they're well written and stuff. But if you look at the real people, they're not very similar. Um, they're very glorified in the movies, and I think because of that, because they really had a resurgence after those movies started, people associate the actor versions with the real versions, and that gets them out of a lot of stuff. If you look at a lot of these movies that they're based on, in a lot of these cases, they were barely involved, or they came there for a day, but in the movie versions, they're best friends, and they, fix, they save the day. So, me personally, I just, I don't know if I believe it. Um... I think you can take advantage of people, and there's money in it. Like, I hate to say that, but if I wanted to right now, I could go out and convince people just about anything. If you find the right people that are naive enough to believe things, you you can exploit just about anybody if you're willing to do it and you've got the, the charm to do it. You you can. And it's not like it's unheard of. There have been people oh, that yeah. are fake. So totally. that's the problem, is trying to sort out who may be quote-unquote real. Um, it, it's like the... It's going to bother the living shit out of me that I can't remember his name. But um, he was this preacher that took people out of his audience that were allegedly sick and, and all this stuff. And he would cure them with a, you're healed by the hands of God bullshit. They found out years later that his wife was sitting in another room and they were talking to each other through earpieces. And they would have people fill out cards of just sort of about their life and they would sort of dig through those find people that were sick and they would call them by name and he would pretend to heal them and, and all this stuff well that's messed up uh yeah he uh it caused a huge hoopla and he got in all kinds of trouble for it. i think if he's the one i'm thinking of i think he even did jail time i can't remember what but, a flex and, and again all he was getting out of that was money and here's this supposed man of god taking advantage of all these people and is an outright fucking liar. Well, I'm not so, saying it doesn't happen. Of that's, course it That's happens. what I'm saying. That's the problem. Is it All it takes is people want to believe in something. I honestly think because the world is such a hard place to make it in, and it's, it seems so dark and hopeless sometimes, I think so, some people will go off the deep end if they don't have something to believe in. If they can't convince themselves there is a point, there is something after this. And on the whole, I'm not calling them wrong. I can understand that mindset of when things seem this bleak, wanting a reason. Well, not only that, people get nervous because what's after this? Yeah, exactly. So I can understand that, and I'm not saying those people are wrong for feeling that way, and I'm not saying those people are wrong for trying to find something to believe in. But I do have a problem with the people trying to exploit those people looking for purpose for a buck. I get it. We all love money. We all want to be rich. Like Capitalism. Yeah, capitalism. I get it, but that doesn't make it right. And again, the problem is because there have been so many con men and women, it, it becomes impossible to discern who is real and genuine and who is just trying to exploit people for money. But to be fair, Ed and Lorraine never charged the people. Now, see, that lead does lead it a little bit more credit, unless they just maybe wanted the fame because they did make money from selling their books and going on TV appearances and all yes. that stuff. So you could argue maybe they just wanted to be famous. Again, that's what I'm saying. I'm not coming out and saying hard for a fact, yes, I think they were fake. There's some stuff they did that seems legit, but there is some stuff they did that seems a little shady. So, again, it could go either way. I honestly don't know. I want to believe. I want to believe, too. I'm not going to lie. I think it'd be cool if, like, Bigfoot and Loch Ness and ghosts. No, I mean, I I want to believe that they weren't frauds. Mm -hmm. Because 
I know, but if you're saying they're not frauds, you're, frauds, you're saying ghosts are real. So we're saying I do believe in supernatural entities. And that's great, but I'm just saying I will just say that that means the same thing. I just, I just don't want to think that they were frauds because as someone, obviously I'm no medium, but I can feel certain vibes. Yeah, you just want to know that you're not crazy. Yeah, because... Mm. And like, again, I can get that. I honestly can. Because like when my right. dad died, how mm. I could like sense... Remember I told you? Yeah, I... Yeah, that kind of... like So I, yeah, I as that. someone who's kind of, I guess, well, we sensitive, should, mm. I want to believe that they weren't lying and that she was what she said and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I understand, I understand that. I, I do. But we need to move on. That, that was a, sorry about that. That was a big tangent. That's really all I got for the Amityville case, if you want to discuss that anymore. And then I have something else that we can jump to after we do your case. Okay. Well, my case, I'll try to move through here pretty quickly because I went uh, on that tirade there. My favorite case of theirs, um, I'll call it a case of theirs again. This is the one I was talking about when I said they, you know, they, they only came there for a day or two. And the movie makes it look like they became best friends and saved the day. But is the Perrin, I've heard Perrin, I've heard Perron. I'm going to say Perrin because it makes me sound like less of a douche. So, but uh, the Perrin family, with this family with five daughters, those poor bastards. Hey. I feel so sorry for the father. Um, in December of 1970, they moved into this Rhode Island house. And the previous owner, their direct quote was, for the sake of your family, leave the lights on. That's a little spooky. Well, that's something you want to hear. When yeah, you... that's what you want to hear. <laughs> um, so, and apparently... Pretty much immediately, they started experiencing paranormal events. Um, supposedly, there was an old lady named Mrs. Arnold that was, like, nice and tucked the daughters into bed and all this stuff. There was a boy named Johnny Arnold who had supposedly hung himself in the house. The girls named him Manny. I don't know how you get to Manny from John, but whatever. Well, they probably didn't know who yeah. it was. And, uh, and so, supposedly, all these ghosts were friendly, so they didn't mind, which... A little bit of a detour. I don't care if a ghost comes out and gives me a thousand dollars. It's still going to be weird that there's a ghost. I don't care if they're a nice spirit. No. That's still a little weird. I think that'd be awesome. Okay, well, you're allowed to be wrong. This is America. <laughs> Supposedly, there was a sweeping spirit. They would hear this, like, brushling noise, and they would go out in their broom and have, like, swept up a pile of dirt. That would be me and, as a ghost. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, supposedly, things started becoming a little more malicious. Apparently at 5.15 every morning, these, like, smelly ghosts would come into the house, and they, they said they could smell them all throughout the house. Um, allegedly, there were these seven soldiers that were buried at various places under the house. There was a bad male spirit that was maybe getting putting off some rapey vibes or something. So, uh, yeah, apparently all things very quickly escalated from, like, hey, we're happy ghosts, to, oh, this is fucked up. And supposedly, we'll get to more of this uh, questionable stuff at the end, but the story goes that in 1812, this lady named Bathsheba was born, and in her 30s, she married this guy named Judson Sherman. God, it sucked to be named back then. And they had a son named Herman, and then had another three children after that. Well, all the other three children beside her, besides Herman died. Uh, supposedly, by Bathsheba's hand again, we'll get to that. Uh, and then, allegedly... An infant that was in her care, it wasn't her kid, it was just one of the uh, families she was taking care of, died suddenly and had this weird incision mark in the back of their head. Okay. She was accused of being a witch and was allegedly found not guilty. Uh, some people said her body turned to stone when she died, which is a, a symbol of Satan taking a soul back or something. I've never heard that before. But, Me either. Uh, and allegedly, Bathsheba starts ha haunting this house. 
and she really hates Carolyn, who is the wife, Carolyn Perrin, uh, really wants her out of the way, and really is into Roger, the husband, and she's apparently touching him and fondling him and, and all this stuff. She wants some of that D. She wants some of that D. And so then they all decided to reach out to the Warrens, because that's what you do, and Lorraine is supposed to have immediately sensed a dark spirit as soon as she stepped foot in the fucking place. Told them that she felt all these dark entities in the house, could feel all this stuff. Supposedly, Lorraine found an incision on the back of uh, Carolyn's leg that looked like the one the baby had, because apparently she could see that. So she has X-ray vision? Apparently. She said that she could. She got like a vision that Bathsheba was guilty and did do this and did kill the kids. The Warrens uh, posthumously de declared her a witch. All this stuff. Well, so they tried to do an exorcism. For one reason or another, they decide they can't because the parent family is not religious. So they decide to do a seance instead. Again with those seances. And that never goes well. So they do the seance. Shit gets bad. What a thought. And Carolyn is possessed by Bathsheba. Supposedly she's thrown 20 feet across the room and Ed and Lorraine are kicked out by Roger who's like, yeah, you're just making shit worse. GTFO my house. And Lorraine is supposedly still scared to this day. Lorraine Warren, shortly before her death, was quoted as saying, The things that went on there were just so incredibly frightening. It still affects me to talk about to this day. So that happens. Again, in the in the Conjuring movie, it makes it look like they basically became best friends and, and all this wonderful adventure, happy fun time. Really but yeah, in real life, the Warrens were just there a few days, just did the seance, it went bad, they were kicked out. And sadly, the Perrin family lived there for another almost 10 years, continually being to, to be haunted. So it couldn't have been that bad. Yeah. And then Norma, who is the pre uh, present owner of, of the house, got so tired of people bothering her and coming on her land and all that stuff, that she decided to look into all these alleged deaths and suicides that happened in the parent house. And surprise, some motherfucking prize, she finds out that there is no proof for any of it. <gasps> Supposedly, all these dead people, the Manny kid, the Mrs. Arnold, while she could find proof that they were real, they died in completely other parts of the city. So they have absolutely no tie whatsoever to that house. So, that's a little weird. And then she could supposedly find no record of Bathsheba's trial. They could find no proof that she was found guilty. Um, allegedly, at her funeral, a preacher gave her a eulogy, which they said is something that would not have happened if she had been convicted of being a witch or uh, thought to have co uh, committed infanticide. And then Norma, in another direct quote, says, The entire movie is fabricated, an insult to the parent family. She's never, we've never had any paranormal events, and we've lived here 25 years. And there is allegedly no proof except what the family says happened and what supposedly the Warrens said they, they feel. So, yeah. So, long story short, basically, they experienced all this stuff, but this lady has lived there for almost 30 years. Now, the children, who are all adults now, obviously, still maintain their story. They still say all this stuff happened. The parents are obviously gone. But the children still say all this stuff happened, but again, there's no proof. So, to me, in my mind, there's like two choices, or two explanations. One is, it's all hopes, and people made it up. But the other one can go back to what we said before, about 
energy and ghosts being attracted to certain mm -hmm. kinds of people. Yeah, that's where, that's where I stand. Again, I'm very skeptical about the belief or the possibility of ghosts being real and all that stuff. But if they are, and these alleged hauntings are real, then I do think that's the case. I think ghosts must only be able to show themselves to a select few that possess the vision or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Because there's just no way, again, with all the death, with all the unresolved issues and stuff, there's no way that there aren't ghosts fucking everywhere. So if that was the case, everybody would see them all the time. So if they are real, there must just only be certain people that can sense it or whatever you want to call it. So, so that is my favorite case. Um, regardless of how involved the Warrens were, I do think the story is interesting. Um, I still like reading about the, this stuff, even though I am skeptical. So that's my case. Yours is the Amityville. And then what did you want to move well, on from there? I do have a comment on your, on your case, though. Uh -huh. I am more likely to believe yours because, okay, in the religion I grew up in, seances are bad, okay? Uh -huh. So... When he kicked him out of the house because the seance was making it worse, uh -huh. that triggers, because again, how I was raised, seances, Ouija boards, uh -huh. they're bad, right? You and I do know, supposedly, if you do fuck with that stuff, it's supposed to be really bad to end it, like, in the middle of that. Like, you're supposed to, like, finish it, try oh, yeah. to get the You cannot, out. I know for a Ouija board, for a fact, mm -hmm. if you do not say goodbye, you are leaving that portal open. Mm -hmm. So whatever entities you contacted or whatever entities can see it are like, hey, look, here's an open door, let's just have a party. Uh -huh. So, not good times. Yeah. And then now, for the the interesting thing, again, supposedly the only evidence comes from the person that is claiming this stuff. We couldn't find anything else. But I think it's an interesting thing to address. Yeah, I wanted to so. play devil's advocate a bit yeah. because I actually like the Warrens. I, I like them. Again, I'm not going to lie. I, I do think they've been built up a little bit too much because of the conjuring thing. And the real yeah, I don't people, think they're that perfect. Yeah, the real people do seem a little more, you know, flawed. Like people. Sorry, but, the Hollywood films yeah, have made them but wonderful. They, but they do still seem interesting. Yeah, so. and they and all the pictures I've seen them and stuff together, they really just look like they were in love and happy. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah Lorraine said they never went anywhere without each other, so mm -hmm. when he died, but, it was hard on her. But if we transition from that into what you're getting ready to talk about, that... Again, this is me playing devil's advocate. Yeah, that throws that all into... All I found, and I have two different dates here, so I'm not sure, and it's the on, only the woman has claimed this, and the their daughter... And her husband have claimed it's all, you know, she's just trying to get attention. But it, it, the two dates I found is either in 2014 or 2017. So I don't know which. Judith Penny came out and said that she had an underage affair with Ed when she was 15 and he was in his 30s. Jeez. Lorraine knew about it. She said Ed called her the love of his life many times. She also claims that she had to abort his baby in 1973. They wanted her to lie and say that while they were gone, someone had broken to their house and raped her, and that's how she had the baby, and she didn't want to do that. But she also claimed that Ed was abusive to Lorraine. She said she had seen Ed smack Lorraine across the face, and she said some nights she honestly thought they would kill each other. It's, it terrified her. And see, that's the thing. If there is any validity to this, that right there also, if this is true, now again, this, we don't have any proof of this. Didn't you say all you can find was the girl claiming this? Yeah, in a okay. legal yeah. document thing. Yeah, so see, so again, there's no proof here beyond what this girl is saying, so we don't know. I'm not trying to slander them. Where They're they're both, you know, passed on now. And uh, But if it is true, it does call into question if anything they've ever said is true. Because just like you said, when you were talking about playing devil's advocate, 
on the one hand, you've got this loving couple that never went anywhere without each other and loved each other truly and then all Wanted to help people, never yeah. charge them money. And then if this is true, they're having this secret affair with this underage girl and telling her to abort a baby and Ed's abusing the shit out of Lorraine and all this stuff. So it definitely paints a very different picture of the Warrens. So if it is real, if this story's true, if they're lying and covering up that, what else could they be lying about? Yeah. If they're willing to go through all that to hide that, they could very easily be trying to scam people for money or fame or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, uh, But again, no proof. Because she claimed they met when he was her bus driver before his demonologist career took off. Uh -huh. By 1963, she'd moved into their house and for the next 40 years slept with Ed. But she, see, also, they had a daughter, so did their daughter support any of this? Because you wouldn't live in a house without the kid knowing. Well, no, that's what, because, you know, she lived in the house. Uh, I will get to all that, because she was a real person they knew. Oh, yeah. Uh, they took her in when she was 18 because she had nowhere to go, and she often, she house-set for them and stuff. Gotcha. She even claimed in 1963 that she was arrested after someone reported the relationship where the police tried to get her to sign a statement. When she refused, she was court-ordered to report to a youth, in a delinquent youth office for a month. And Ed was the one who took her to every meeting. Here's what bothers me. If this, if they thought this report, if they thought this relationship was true, do they go after the girl? I thought they'd go after Ed and be like, whoa, there's reports that you are... Yeah, I've never, I've never heard of that, of them punishing the kid. Right, because it's the adult's fault. If she was 15, yeah. it's not her fault. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's so much contradicting stuff here it, it's it's yeah. strange she even claimed here's one i thought was interesting she even claimed to have helped him with his ghost hunting she claimed to have dressed up as the white lady a ghost that supposedly haunted the union cemetery in connecticut that's the book i'm reading now it's all about the union cemetery but yeah she's dressed up so he could get like a picture of hers so that picture they found isn't actually real it's just her now of course everyone close to the warrens say no sexual affair happened. They opened their home to her when she was 18. She had nowhere else to go. She watched their house while they were out doing, you know, their demonologist work and all that. Judy and Tony Spear, the daughter and son-in-law, believe that Judith is now being manipulated for money. Because what I found out, if this came out around 2014 and not 2017, 2013 is when The Conjuring movie came out. So yeah, it was in the hype of it. That, that is convenient timing that suddenly when the Warrens are in the pop culture zeitgeist again and they're popular and, and their estates making all this money from movie rights and stuff. It is a little funny that um, this girl just happens to come out right then with this case. Had this happened before they got big again with the Conjuring movies, uh, I think it might have a little more validity, but yeah, to just miraculously have, to, to have kept this secret for 40 years or whatever the hell it's been. And to just, oh, what, you're you're famous now with these big Hollywood movies? Well, you know, uh, blah, blah, blah. Now, again, it's just my opinion. I obviously again, don't know. Yeah, yeah but I, I just think I it's wonder fun. if she was jealous because, like, um, Judy, their daughter, was in the movies. Uh -huh. They're in the movies. And she, but she wasn't. Mm -hmm. And she would have been, you know, with them at this yeah. time. Yeah, again, anytime someone happens to come out against somebody after they've been keeping a secret for a long time and just happens to do it, uh, right when that person's getting famous or something, that does kind of make it look a little suspicious because it's like you weren't comfortable telling people this until after they became famous. It's like, but again, to play devil's advocate, 
I'll make sure if you're watching on YouTube, a picture will come up now. There is a picture of her sitting on Ed's lap. Yeah. When she was young and he was obviously uh-huh. not. So yeah. maybe she thought of him like a father, but when I was fifteen, I was fifteen, sixteen, I was not sitting on my dad's lap because that's weird. Yeah. Again, people are different. Again, I don't really know how I believe this. I'm just thought it was interesting to put some of that out there. Mm-hmm. I still like to think that they were a good couple who loved each other and just wanted to help people and were into the paranormal. That's that's my take on it. And you think it's all a hoax, so. I think it's very likely. Well, that's a, to each their own, I guess. I guess that's going to wrap it up. That's all my points. I guess lastly, I would just like to say that um, you said earlier that until you experience something, you won't believe it. I hope if you do, it's nothing bad since we live together. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I don't, I don't want bad shit. Thinks I'm good. Mm-hmm. Um, let us know what you think about the Warrens and what your favorite case is. Yep, that'll wrap it up for this episode. We hope you tune in next week. We put out a new podcast every Friday. If you're giving us a listen on YouTube, please comment, like, and make gentle, sweet love to that subscribe button. But buy dinner first. Don't be a slut. And then we are also available anywhere podcasts are available. Apple, Spotify, all that jazz. We hope you guys have a lovely day, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.